Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Today, we are going to talk about God's kindness. And when we think about kindness, kindness is probably one of those things that's very underrated and it can be confused with just someone just being nice. You know, I don't know if you guys remember the, the, the famous quote from Abilene and uh, from The Help. <laughs> you is smart, you is kind, and you is important. That's your favorite, one of your favorite movies. One of my favorite um, movies. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of tough for me to watch those uh, period pieces um, from the help, right? Uh, the period pieces like that, just because of that time. But that's that. That was a reality that a lot of people um, had dealt with. It's a powerful movie. Um, I'd really liked it. But that that scene really is a picture of how important just the character development of kindness, even from a young age, when everything around you is pointing you to not be that way. Um, I thought that was really cool. And it's a poignant part of that movie that really turns out like she's planting that seed in that child so that although her mother is not like that and all the other people are not like that, that she will know that there was a seed planted where she knows that she's smart, she's kind, and she's important. So I thought that was a good, you know, good opening opening, uh, (laughs) to, to kind of what we're talking about. But I think it's easy for us to talk about kindness from our own point of view, right? So that is us being kind to each other. We, first of all, we know what it feels like to receive kindness. We know what that is. And in fact, we expect people to be kind to us. That's something that we automatically expect. Uh, but when it comes to situations where um, the person doesn't deserve it or the person is not nice or um, the situation doesn't merit a kind response, that's when the, it kind of turns around and we kind of think, I'm supposed to be the giver of this that this person doesn't deserve. So I, I think in order for us to first understand kindness, I think we need to look at it from the point of view of the fact that we need to define it. And it's a little more than just being nice. It's a little more than just being having manners and looking to make people feel good because uh, that can be condescending. That can be it can come across. Patronizing. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to really define it. So. When you look at kindness, kindness is defined as a quality of being generous, considerate and friendly. Affection, gentleness and care are some of the qualities associated with kindness. But what really distinguishes kindness is kindness is demonstrated. These qualities are demonstrated regardless of the other person's deservedness, regardless of the ability to pay you back. And also, regardless of whether the person thanks you for your kindness or not. Mm. So kindness is one of those selfless, sacrificial qualities that you choose to give, not based on anything else other than your choice to give it because you understand its power. So looking at it from God's point of view, Galatians 5.22, you know, where it lists all of the fruit of the spirit, basically is a Greek word there. The kindness is Christos in that verse. 
And what that basically means is it's a softening or melting of something that was once harsh. So kindness in itself is a tool. Okay. It is a fruit that God has used and that we are to use with God's help to soften and mellow something that is harsh. So for instance, right, um, you have someone who is stubborn, angry, uh, upset, frustrated, whatever. The worst thing that we can do to that person, that situation is to respond to them like they're responding to us. Because that's how we get arguments. That's how we get fights. That's how we get blow ups. The Bible tells us that a soft answer turns away wrath. Mm-hmm. So basically that gentleness, and we'll talk about gentleness a little more. And as you can see, this is one fruit with many characteristics. The fruit of the spirit is one fruit with many characteristics as we um, have normally been taught. But so you'll see there's an interconnectedness with all of these um, character character traits here that you can see. And, and I think about the times that we've all had experiences where we were the ones that were moody, we were the ones that were hostile, we were the ones that were, um, you know, harsh to people. And all of us can relate to times that we were like that, you know. Um, in order for us to, to really bring this home as far as understanding the heart of kindness and where that comes from, we must first understand how and why we felt the way we did. Right. So there were times where I was moody or I was frustrated. I was upset. Why? Because there was something going on inside of me. I was worried about something. I wasn't feeling well. I was upset about somebody else. And this is the person that first approached me on the wrong. You caught me on a bad day in the wrong time and you got the brunt of it. So seeing other people from your own perspective, putting yourself in their shoes will now allow you to be able to make room for the possibility of giving them what they don't deserve. Right. So there's a level of understanding that we must understand. And we look at it from God's point of view. God did this. Right. We believe that God created us in his own image. God is holy. We talked about all the characteristics of God and we actually made God in this whole series, in this whole podcast. We've been talking about God and making him bigger than we are because he is right. Um, He is above us. But yet what God did through Jesus Christ was he stepped in our shoes. Right. The Bible tells us that. Uh, we don't have a relationship with a high priest that is not um, touched, um, touched the by the feelings of our infirmities, which means he knows exactly how we feel at our happiest point and at our worst point. He knows exactly what it feels like to be rejected, to be forgotten, to be hurt, to be disrespected. I mean, for goodness sake, he was killed innocently. So he, he would understand the, the, the feelings of our infirmities and even in our worst time, So the source of his kindness comes from a level of relatability. And I think that's one of the things that we need to really focus on and understand. And this is what we're trying to do. We're not trying to minimize God and making him smaller. What we're trying to do is we're trying to open up our minds so that we can see how dynamically in tune God is to who we are at the core of ourselves. So then we won't fall into like guilt and shame and condemnation because we understand that God knows who we really are at the core. And he understands that we cannot please him or do anything to make him happy outside of his assistance. So that humbling of ourselves to kind of understand um, God in this way and in this dynamic way in the wholeness of his person. Okay, God is a spirit, but his personality, there's aspects to God, there's characteristics to God that we can all relate to, which will help us to have a real, genuine relationship with God, who is the most kind. He is the most kind. So the power of kindness 
is kindness can be a tamer. Kindness can be an equalizer in that way. Kindness most times is seen as a weakness. It's seen as, okay, they're just a nice person. That's just so nice. And it's people who are extra kind usually are looked at like taken advantage of. But think about how much courage and power it takes to be kind to somebody who does not deserve it and is not going to thank you at all. So from God's perspective, I believe it's one of his most powerful attributes, along with his patience. The fact that God can know everything, can know our motives, can know that we have no intention of changing. Mm. He, has, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows that if I do this for them, they're not going to thank me. Matter of fact, they're going to go and do what they want to do anyway. Yeah. But I'm God enough and secure enough in myself to be like, I'm just going to do it because I'm being kind. We need to think about kindness more so, especially in this climate, as a tool from God, as a weapon, so to speak, as a means of creating an opportunity for change. Kindness is a power of God towards us and that he humbly bestows unto us both what we can't give in return and what we don't deserve. Hmm. God's power in giving us what we cannot give back to him and also bestowing upon us what we do not deserve. Titus 3, 3 through 7. It says, in the past, we were foolish too. We did not obey. We were wrong and we were slaves to the many things our bodies wanted and enjoyed. We lived doing evil and being jealous. People hated us and we hated each other. But then the kindness and love of God, our Savior, was made known. Mm. He saved us because of his mercy, not because of any good things we did. He saved us through the washing that made us new people. He saved us by making us new through the Holy Spirit. God poured out to us that spirit, that Holy Spirit fully through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We were made right with God by his grace. God saved us so that we could be his children and look forward to receiving life that never ends. Powerful, right? That's crazy. So the first acknowledgement and looking at all of these fruit is very important for us to put ourselves in perspective. What that means is we must see ourselves as we are truly seen by God, both loved, but then at the same time, frail. Okay. And if we see ourselves as frail, but yet chosen and loved by God, that's going to help us to be able to see God in a way that we have never been able to see him before. First acknowledging in the past, before I really came to the knowledge of God, I was a fool. I was living life my own way. I didn't obey. I was doing wrong things. I didn't care about other people. But in the eyes of God, when you look at yourself from the reflection of God, you can see how insufficient you are compared to God's standard of holiness. Like it's not about you know, oh, I never stole or I never, you know, killed nobody or I never did this and never did that physically. But it's the fact that we thought about that kind of stuff. It's the fact that our minds and our hearts and what's going on inside of us can be just as wicked as the actions that other people have done. Sometimes we don't do things because we don't have the courage to do it or we're not crazy enough to do it. But certainly there's some crazy stuff that we do when nobody's looking. There's crazy stuff that happens in our hearts and in our minds that we've thought, thought even about ourselves. The evil thoughts that we think about ourselves 
the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves, to beat ourselves up, all that stuff. God is aware of all of that. And he's ever present, meaning he knows what he knows. He knows everything. He sees everything, whether we see it or not. He sees everything. So acknowledging the fact that without God, I'm nothing. And before my knowledge of God, I was not anywhere remotely near to doing anything right. Because if anything, if I did anything right, I got to watch my motives. Because if I'm doing things to be seen, if I'm doing this for a thank you, if I'm doing this for acknowledgement, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, and you get a car. That's nice. That's nice. But the heart of the generosity, what, what is that doing for you? Is it really coming from a place of I really want to bless people or is there anything really in it for me in that way? And this is where the line of kindness comes in. And this is where that that line of motives come in. And it's a very slippery slope. And I was just going to add that thinking about God's kindness, I think remembering that it's fueled or keeping in mind or realizing rather it's fueled by love. So Mm. it's driven by his love. Um, The scripture, Jeremiah 31 and three, this is an yeah. easy to read version too. Mm-hmm. It says, from far away, the Lord will appear to his people. The Lord says, I love you people with a love that continues forever. That is why I have continued showing you kindness. Mm. Mm. So the reason why he's showing us kindness is because he loves us with an everlasting love. Man. I hope the gravity of that sinks in. Like he knows everything about us and still chooses to love us regardless. And he's not saying, he's not even putting a time limit on it. He said it's everlasting. So that's past death. Mm. Everlasting love. That's beyond, that's past you. That's past your existence. God is the only thing that's everlasting. So he's loving you to his max. And he chooses to display that love in his kindness. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. We have lived doing evil things. We've been jealous. We've done all these things. And this is not even just like have to be a public thing. This is just stuff that we know, feelings that we've dealt with, things that we've done. But God's kindness interrupts us. And it says, but then the kindness and love of our, of our God and our Savior was made known to us. Just think about that. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Like he didn't ask our permission to be friends. (laughs) It's funny because I'm thinking about our kids, you know, when when social distancing wasn't a thing and we were allowed to actually go to the park and they were allowed to talk to each other and and have interactions. I would observe my kids as they were interacting with strangers and other kids that they didn't know. And I've noticed a pattern like I noticed, especially with with my oldest daughter um, and not a little one. They they would walk up to these strangers, these other kids and say, so you want to be friends? Just like that. So, so, so you want to be friends, like taking the first step. So you want to be friends? And, and, and it, there was no workup. There was no trial that older people give. You know, we give people trials. We kind of assess the situation first to see if they are friend worthy. Do they meet the qualifications of my type of friend? Right. So we kind of assess them afar off or, yeah, I got good vibes from them. Yeah. You know, we had good conversation and, and, you know, I think they would be good. They was, God skips all of those steps and just starts initiating friendship without our permission, without us being perfect. 
without us even asking for it, even ready for it. The Bible says Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That means before we even knew what sin was, Christ died for us. He took the ultimate step to initiate an opportunity for us to have a relationship with him. That is the most profound kindness that anyone could give. Your life for someone who may not ever thank you or ever appreciate the magnitude of what you've done. Now, this is not just like, you know, a good Samaritan kind of thing. Oh, you just had a flat tire on the side of the road, so I'm just going to be kind and I'm going to stop. <laughs> and, you know, of course, when you get a flat tire, it has to be raining that day to make it worse. It has to be. It has to be raining at night and you're struggling and the kind good Samaritan stops. And that's a beautiful thing. But God took it a step further. He sent his son to die for us as an ultimate act of kindness. And this is what this is saying, that you didn't ask for it. You don't deserve it and you can't repay it. But kindness then, the kindness of God, the kindness and love of God, like you said, babe, they almost like two sides of the same coin. Like God is not just saying, I love you. He's being kind about it. He's being kind with it. It's accompanied with actions rather than just the words. How is God's kindness made known to us? Let's just be real and simple about it. You know, uh, are you praying every day? Does your not praying cause God to not wake you up in the morning? Mm-hmm. Does it not cause you to bless you with strength to get up and go to work? Does all the things that, you know, your heart's still beating, all your systems are gone, even though you probably haven't done everything right. God's faithfulness is a testament of his continuous loving kindness towards us and his care towards us that allows us to be able to have a relationship with him where a lot of times it's one-sided. A lot of times he's ignored or taken for granted, but God's kindness extends past our ability to give it back. God saved us so that we could be his children and have something to look forward to at the end of our life, a life that never ends with him. The ultimate act of kindness. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, but God rich in his mercy. And he loved us very much. We were spiritually dead because of all we had done against him. But he gave us new life together with Christ. You have been saved by God's grace. Yes, it is because we are a part of Christ Jesus that God raised us from the dead and seated us together with him in heavenly places. God did this so that his kindness to us who belong to Christ Jesus would clearly show for all time to the amazing richness of his grace. God is kind to us for a reason, and it's his reasons that he's kind to us. He knows that if we have a revelation of how kind he is to us, we will turn away from what is not pleasing to him. Kindness is a powerful tool. Kindness creates an opportunity for people to be able to express what might be wrong with them. Sometimes people are predisposed to being mean because everybody's been mean to them. They've just been through a whole bunch of stuff. Many of us can probably relate, you know, your demeanor ain't probably the kindness up front, but then you just need to get to know me. And if they get to know me, then they'll know that I'm not like that. And you have a tough exterior. It takes the tool of kindness sometimes to help to level that playing field and to really care about the person enough to investigate, to see what may be going on. Now, granted, everybody, it doesn't work for everybody, but God uses kindness to draw us and to lead us to repentance. When I first read this scripture, it, it baffled me because... It doesn't make sense in that way, right? We would think that God's correction leads to repentance 
or God's judgment leads to repentance or God getting us every time we make a mistake or God lording his godness over us that causes us to repent. But the Bible tells us that it's his loving kindness. The fact that he's not judging us readily, the fact that he is slow to anger, the fact that he overextends himself as far as grace to allow us to see the error of our ways, almost to make us question, wow, how could I be this way when God is this way to me? Mm-hmm. How could I possibly live this way when he did all of this for me and he's been doing this for me? It's like a realization that happens like, man, he has been so kind and so loving to me and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it to try to return the favor. And he's not telling me, hey, remember when I did that for you? Hey, remember? he's just doing it and revealing himself to us. And the right circumstance in our life brings us to our senses. And we like, man, God is so good. The many times God spared us from things. Some of us had accidents. Some of us had struggles, issues, near death situations, circumstances in our life financially, things like that, that we were under and God made a way. And he provided a way for us. Like, even if you pray, don't mean you deserve to get it. Because some of the stuff that we did was our own fault. Like, you got yourself in it, you get yourself out. It's his kindness that gets us out of stuff that we got ourselves in. Mm -hmm. If we understand the fact that God has given so much and we don't have the capacity to give back to him what he has given us, and we don't even deserve what we got in the first place, that is where the seat and heart of God's kindness is. And us showing God that we love him and showing God that we actually receive the benefits of his grace is now are your ways starting to now conform in a more pleasing manner to God. And that's the part that we can do. We can't change ourselves, but we can prepare ourselves to be changed. We can't fix ourselves, but we can prepare our soil for God to really seriously do a work in our lives. We can create an opportunity and make room for God to be God in our lives and not just for tangible stuff, but to change our character. We can pursue God's purpose for our lives and not ours. We can seek God. We can pray. We can read. We can come together in forms like this for a sense of community and draw closer to God. All that creates an opportunity for God to really change us and now be able to be kind through us. And I'm just thinking about the example of children again, Mm -hmm. you know, children in most cases mimic what their parents do. So Mm -hmm. how their parents relate to the world around them and interact, eventually the child will follow suit and they will learn how to interact with people and Mm -hmm. learn what's acceptable, what's not, you know, good or bad. So if we're looking at God as our heavenly father and as our parent, so to speak, Just being around him Mm -hmm. in the sense that you're listening to his language, just like a child would listen to their parents' language and how they talk. And then they relay what they hear from their parents, Mm -hmm. hearing what God says, how he says it, how he talks in his word, Mm -hmm. how he interacts with us. Yeah. We won't be able to help but to mimic those same behaviors and begin to emulate that when we interact with other people, because we've learned what's acceptable, it'll come natural because mm-hmm. it's learned behavior. Yeah, that is so true. And that, that's really what the heart of it is. And even this, this series with the fruit of the spirit, right? It's allowing God who is with us and now in us 
cooperating with God and allowing him to rub off on us. And as we see God's grace displayed and how he, like you said, babe, how, how he talks and how his tone, he's not just saying, don't you know that I love you because I kept you? Don't that, don't that like fences, right? <laughs> don't you know it? That says I love you, but I'm provide it for you. Like who, if anybody has a right to say that and act like that, it's certainly God, right? Didn't I wake you up this morning? Didn't I start you on your way? <laughs> you should know that I, he, God should be, he, God should be really like insulted by how we as humanity treat him. But he's saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. That, that's, that's just like, that, it's flooring. It's flooring. And in order for us to show the kindness that God shows, like you said, it's allowing God to influence us in that way. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He moves on us. He influences us. He guides us and leads us into certain behaviors and into certain ways of thinking. And that's what this whole thing is about, that we change as the Holy Spirit is allowed permission to fully consume us. When we're seeking more of God, God has already given us the fullness of who he is when we accept him. The electric company sends electricity to your house. You have access to it through your outlets, right? Now, depending on how much power you want to use is dependent on how many access points you create, your demand of it. So it's not like when we're seeking, I need more love, I need more of this, that we are asking God to pour it in more. What we have to do is create more access points. So that means we have to make more room in ourselves. So that means you have to be more forgiving. That means you have to allow yourself to be humbled in situations where you're giving God permission to allow more power to come to you so that you can do those things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And, and I think that we spoke about this before that comes because what does that look like for somebody like me? Mm-hmm. You know, you saying that, OK, well, what does that look like? What like what would that mean for me? You know, that would be spending time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, allowing yourself time to listen and hear God's response, putting yourself in a position to hear him, mm-hmm. reading, meditating on what you've read, going over and over again in, within your spirit, the truths that God has taught you. Because like we said about the Holy Spirit, bringing back to your remembrance everything that he's already said to you. Mm-hmm. So now you're putting yourself in a position to be able to hear and be reminded of what he said. Mm-hmm. All of those are the access points. So the prayer and the, the reading yeah. and the meditating. And then just the practicing. Again, you know, there's times that you're going to fall. We say it all the time. You can't make yourself be more like God or, no. or more Christian. Like you don't have the power to do that. Can't do it. But you do have the will because God has given us all free will. Mm-hmm. So you have the will to be able to tell yourself, no, I'm not going to. Just like in the natural you have a will to eat that second piece of cake or to say, mm, no, let me let me stop. I'm bugging right now. Let me just chill out mm-hmm. and not have that second piece. You have a choice in that moment and you can either exhibit self-control or you can indulge. Yeah. It's the same thing spiritually. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, you don't have the power to change you, but the practices that you put in place and the disciplines that you put in place with any other thing that you learn how to do, the same thing goes with this. And that's a practical way to be able to do it with God's help. Yeah. Romans 2, starting at the first verse, mm-hmm. and the easy to read, it says, So do you think that you can judge those other people? You are wrong. You too are guilty of sin. You judge them, but you do the same things they do. So when you judge them, you are really condemning yourself. 
God judges all who do such things and we know his judgment is right. And since you do the same things as those people you judge, surely you understand that God will punish you too. How could you think you could be able to escape his judgment? God has been kind to you. He has been very patient waiting for you to change, but you think nothing of his kindness. Maybe you don't understand that God is kind to you so that you will decide to change your lives. Not only does God's kindness cause us to turn from our ways that are unpleasing to him, uh, but it's also, like we've been saying before, there's a realization that you come to that causes you not to be judgy of other people. And this kindness is supposed to have a result on us as far as causing us to see the error of our ways and then do something about it, right? So enact your will to turn your heart towards God because of his kindness. So may we all come to understand and a deeper revelation of what God's love and kindness is, that as we walk alongside God and allow him to be God in our lives, that we can reflect the same loving kindness to one another that is truly empowered by God's perspective of those individuals and not ours. Mm. Well, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for hearing from you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you because your word never changes. It's alive. It's breathing. And your word has come to heal us, to illuminate us, to change us. Yes. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you, God. We pray, God, that as we meditate throughout the week on your word, that you will enlighten us further, bring us more to a, a sense of repentance yes, and change us even more, God, as we go through the week. Lord, I pray, God, that your word will come back to our remembrance, that you will remind us, that your spirit will remind us what you've taught us, what you've spoken to us, God, what we've learned, God. I pray for each and every body that's listening, God. I pray, God, that you would deal with them, God, that you would address and meet every need, yes, that you would answer every question. Lord, I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself in a new and meaningful way, God. Clarify those things that need clarification, God. And I pray, God, that you would just be God to us like you always have been and you always will. Thank you for this season of Thanksgiving, God. We pray, God, that the spirit of thankfulness will yes. continually yeah. be in our hearts, God. That we will forever be grateful for who you are and what you've done, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.